I'm walking through the campus of the University of Sydney. It's week five of the fall semester and the weather has just started to cool. For the first time in nearly three years, it sounds alive again with students in person, offline. Among them, a sound that's been missing for the longest. International students, their voices echoing down the sandstone halls of the quadrangle. The University of Sydney is home to a thriving population of international students. In 2019, they made up 40% of total enrolments and generated 1 billion Australian dollars in revenue, or roughly 700 million US dollars. So, it's no surprise that it was one of the worst hit institutions when borders closed in 2020. Uh, after further consultation, consultation with the National Security Committee uh, this afternoon, uh, tonight we will be resolving uh, to move to a position where a travel ban will be placed on all non-residents, non-Australian citizens coming to Australia, and that will be in place from 9pm. Now, tomorrow. three years on, international students are coming back in droves. But all is not the same. Now that borders have reopened, Universities are hungrier than ever to win students back. Along the way, they must navigate a new host of challenges. From geopolitical tensions to uncertain economic conditions. And sometimes, even the weather. So before I decided to go study abroad, I actually chose UK first. Mm -hmm. But then I get like serious allergy and then my mom thinks I need a need better environment like sunlight, etc. So she said to me that, you know, go to Australia. It's always raining in, in UK. Joy Shu is from Beijing. She's currently completing her Juris Doctor at the University of Technology, Sydney and is hoping to practice law here in Australia after graduating. She's been in the country since 2015, and she wants to call this place home for good. I truly study law, not only because I want to practice law, not only because I think it's a good combination with sociology degree back then, but also I think law degree is on the long-term migration skills list, which would enable me to get a, a permanent residency after study. Chinese students make up the largest portion of international students in top English-speaking destinations like the US, UK and Australia. That's why the sector struggled to regain its footing while China kept its borders shut. Now, the students are rushing back, not just because China has finally reopened, but also because its government suddenly announced this year that it won't recognise degrees earned online anymore. Oh, tens of thousands of Chinese students are scrambling to return to their overseas university campuses. That's after Beijing announced it would no longer recognise degrees obtained through online learning. Under this Already, rule, about 30,000 Chinese students have returned to Australia, with that number expected to grow. But this snap decision has caused issues. Thousands of Chinese students arrived in Sydney at one moment, and because of that, the price of rent is really high. This is Bowen Gao from Zhejiang, China. He's studying computer science at the University of Sydney. Uh, you know, like in the past few years, we could run a house with like two or three hundred, but it's up to seven or eight hundred in this year. Skyrocketing rents are only part 
of a bigger and troubling economic picture. With Australian inflation running hot at 7.4%, students are struggling more than ever to make ends meet. Meanwhile, university staff are still suffering from the pay cuts and job losses during the pandemic. And they aren't sure that they're ready to accommodate a surge in students. Let's not make any mistake. We have a deeply hostile, militant management who are determined to railroad us into submission. Not on our watch, that's what I say, not on our watch. That's Dr Nick Remel, a senior lecturer and a union leader at UCID. He's at a rally at the most recent staff strike, where the union is negotiating for better pay and more staff. Well, I mean, the first thing that I think staff want is for the austerity tap to be to be turned off. Um, in my own institution, the University of Sydney, the most recent surplus was over a billion dollars, yet staff are still being told that there isn't enough money for any number of things. The rise in student numbers seem like good news for these concerns. Globally, the snapback has been even faster. In the US, new student enrolments have already returned to pre-pandemic levels. Meanwhile, the UK has already hit its 2030 target of 600,000 international students. The economic benefits are huge. But students and experts alike are warning universities not to treat education like a factory shop. Well, of course it's got value beyond economic value. Education is a human right. It's part of the way that we grow. And the kinds of societies we have in places like Australia or or other so-called developed countries just depend on the existence of very widely available tertiary education. And that means that universities should be well-funded, they should be affordable, ideally they should be free, because they allow the kind of intellectual development, they allow the kind of mental growth that we depend on as a society. And it's not just about training doctors and lawyers and and engineers and and teachers. It's about giving people who are still really young when they come out of high school that vital couple of years that they need to think about what they're going to do in life and think about the kind of society that they want to be part of and what their contribution to it is going to be. And that's something that we should be spending enormously more money um, on than, than governments in most Western countries are prepared to. From Sydney, I'm Camelia Gunner for Bloomberg News.